If we've um, not met, met before, my name's Ed, and uh, it's great to see you uh, today. I've got a question for you. What's the most challenging journey that you have ever been on? What's the most challenging journey you have ever been on? It might be because of how far it was. Um, it might be because, you know, there were delays on the way. It might be because, you know, of where you were going or the particular route you took. And dare I say, it, it might be because of who you were traveling with. Don't look anywhere else. Just look straight ahead. No one will know. What, what is the most challenging journey that you have ever been on? For me, I feel like I've got far too many to choose from. I, I really do. Now, there was a time when I was 15 years old. I know it's hard to imagine, but I was once 15 years old. And, and I went with my family on a mission trip to Poland. And we, we drove all the way there and all the way back, camping on the way. Now, it was just after the, the Berlin Wall had come down, and we just had this amazing trip kind of through East, the old East Germany and, and West Germany and through into Poland, and Poland itself had only just kind of come out of communist rule. But that, that isn't what I remember the most. What I remember the most is my sister, my brother and I just rammed into the back of this car with all this camping equipment and these musical instruments. And I just remember us arguing the entire way there and the entire way back. Can you imagine it? Mum, mum, Sam's touching my leg. He's on my side. Get, so ask him to move out. We're just that little, the whole way there and the whole way back. Um, and this is the thing. This is the thing. I just have this whole three weeks, I just had one cycling magazine with me. Just one cycling magazine to get me all the way through three weeks. It was a very long trip. Probably mostly for my mum and dad, actually, than uh, for us. And then I remember the, the journey back from Southmead Hospital just after our eldest son, Isaac, was born. Now, this two-mile car journey, it took us about 45 minutes to get home. And that wasn't because of the, the horrendous traffic. It wasn't because we got lost in the way. It wasn't because we, uh, we broke down. But we just kept stopping every two minutes, really anxiously looking around. Is he still alive? Is he still breathing? You know, I don't know for you if you think about a story of a challenging journey that you've had in your life. But we often, don't we, we use journeys as a bit of a metaphor for life. We think about life as a journey. You know, we're going along life's path. So there'll be times of great fun and great adventure on the way. You know, sometimes it'll feel like we're making great headway and we kind of know where we're going and the road feels really smooth and it feels straightforward. But we also know that at other times, that actually the journey is going to be pretty hard work. That actually we'll face real obstacles and we'll, we'll face real setbacks on the way. It might be health issues. It might be like work's a real nightmare at the moment. It might be that we are victims of, of crime and abuse sometime in our lives. It might be that the people we're traveling with in life let us down. It might be that, you know, your marriage is in a tough spot just now, that actually your children are breaking your heart right at the moment because of the choices they're making. It might be that a close friend has hurt you or has let you down. And for many, of course, it's not just in our society today, it's not just the physical challenges they face in front of them, but actually there's, there's anxiety. There's this kind of fear of the unknown. There's, there's so many what-ifs that kind of can run around our mind and make us feel a bit like, oh man. And, and and I don't know, for some of us, I just wonder whether actually at the moment the journey just feels a bit boring. It just feels a bit unsatisfying. It feels a little bit like this isn't what I thought life was going to turn out like. You, you might identify with some of those things. I, I don't know how your, your life journey feels 
um, at the moment. But we're starting a a little mini-series in the book of Psalms uh, over the next three weeks called Songs for the Journey. And this is from the book of Psalms. And and Psalms is made up of 150 songs, poems, and and prayers. And actually, they're they're really, really wonderful if you've read the Psalms before. And in these three weeks, we're going to be kind of zooming in particularly on 50. We're not going to look at all 15, but particularly that 15 of, of these psalms. And they're, they're self-titled this. They're titled the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent. Now, actually, we're not given an explanation um, with these psalms as to what that really means, what, what are psalms of, of ascent. But as we piece things together with the rest of our, our Bibles, actually, it's most likely that these were kind of a series of songs that were sung by the people of God on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year for sort of three big feasts you know think of them a little bit like a a special playlist for a road trip you know they're kind of songs that are sung on the way and most of these people traveling along the way they they would have been traveling in big groups of people they would have been traveling in big communities of people and they would kind of sing these songs um, all together on their way to Jerusalem now for us we're we're not traveling to Jerusalem three times a year for big feasts Um, But actually, these songs, they they are for us too. They're for us as individuals. They're for us as a a church community together. And let's just say this. You know, this this may be a popular and unpopular opinion. But in terms of enhancing our lives, they're so much better than anything you hear at Eurovision. They really are. They are great songs. They're great songs. And this morning, we're kicking off with a cracker, uh, Psalm 121. And I'm going to invite Bev up now, and she's going to sing it to us. That'd be so funny now if I had this gorgeous voice, wouldn't it? (laughs) However, I'll just read it. Okay. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Thank you so much. That was quite melodic, actually, wasn't it? That was, that was good. You know, the, the, the journey to Jerusalem on foot, it would have been quite a perilous journey. Actually, they would have feared perhaps being attacked on the way. They feared sort of robbers sort of creeping out. And actually, the roads and the conditions would have been very unlike kind of some of the journeys that we have today. They would have been quite, quite harsh. And this is a song that the Israelites would would sing against danger and against trouble. And it's got this kind of rousing theme. It's got this declaration that runs through it. And actually, it it comes six times. It's it's these words, watches over, watches over. He watches over. He watches over you. He will will keep. He will watch over. He will watch over. So six times you've got this refrain that, that rings out. And it comes again and again. It's like the psalmist is saying, you know, 
This is too important just to say once. It's too important just to say twice. Actually, we're going to let this truth ring out six times. The Lord watches over you. 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 And so what is the message for us today? There's a message to get loud and clear. It rings out. That truth needs to be rammed into our lives too. But what does it mean for us to have the Lord watching over us? What does it mean to be kept by God, as this psalmist is talking. And just in our remaining time, we're going to unpack that um, a little bit together. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And, and this, this looking to the mountains, you know, it, it might have been like this, this kind of anxious gaze, you know, this feeling of you know, being vulnerable and small against these big mountains that are surrounding them on the way. You know, wondering, are, are there enemies lying in wait for us in those mountains, you know, ready to attack us as we, we travel along the road? You've got in verse 2 here this incredible truth that rings out, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the psalmist is reminding us that, yes, the mountains might seem like a threat, but remember that your help comes from the one who made those very mountains. That your security is the, in the one who is the maker and the ruler of the whole earth. He, he's the one who made these mountains. He's the one who knows these mountains. He's the one who watches over these mountains and who watches over you. And for us, what are the circumstances in your life that feel like kind of big mountains around you. Because it's easy to fix our eyes, and it's easy to fix our attention on those things, isn't it? They might be worries and, and problems. They might be failures that we've experienced. They might be, even be threats of, of physical danger or illness. But, you know, this psalm gives us an alternative. Fix your eyes on him. He is where our help comes from. He will keep us. He will watch over us. There's no issue or there's no problem. There's no threat that is outside of his care or outside of his reach. And we're encouraged to remember that, you know, every challenge that we face in our lives, every threat that arises in our lives, it's arising in a world that God made. And it's arising in a world where God rules and where he ultimately reigns and so this is a song for us to sing when the mountains feel very big uh, around us and they feel threatening you know a bit later in the bible acts chapter to four uh, the first believers are being threatened by the jewish authorities and they're being warned not to preach the gospel to, to anyone and and actually they come together and they pray a prayer that's very similar to this psalm they say so it's, it, it reads this in acts chapter four they raised their voices together in prayer Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And in light of that, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Where did they find the courage to carry on in the face of challenge? So together, all together, as a people together, they turn to God and they remember just how powerful God is. And they remembered that he made all of the heaven and the earth in which these threats were taking place. And I know for me, 
You know, one of my biggest needs in life is that actually at the beginning of every day is, is I, I mean, I, one of the things I do each day is just kind of look through my diary and just say a quick prayer through my diary for the day. And as I think about what I face, you know, one of my biggest needs is to remember God's power and God's authority over everything that I'm going to face in the day ahead, that he is my source of help. And for us as a church here, you know, actually for us together, one of our biggest needs together is to recognize and declare God's power uh, in this world today. We need to recognize that it's his help that we need to look to in a very challenging world. It's one of the reasons why we sing songs together, just like these psalms were singing on their journey. Actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a coming together and it's a reminding one another and it's a declaring to the world around us that actually there is a God who's, who wants to help. There is a God who rules over all. Remember his power and authority. And then we go on to verses 3 and 4, um, where we get this wonderful description of God who watches over us. You know, we read here of, of God who is, who is attentive and he's a, a tireless watcher um, over us, that he, he's active in his care for us. He, he doesn't go to sleep on the job. You know, he doesn't get weary from watching over us. He, he doesn't, like we do, get so much. He doesn't get distracted by things that, um, that other things going on. And I don't know about you, but I find it really easy to feel like God watches over the really big things in my life. So let me give you an example. So um, Josh Kingston, who's part of, uh, part of church here, uh, he and I work together. And, and actually just, just last week, we had this kind of massive presentation that we were doing, pitching to work to a new charity client. And actually it was a really big deal. It was going to be a really significant piece of work. And Actually, it's really natural in those moments to feel like, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn to you, God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to look to your care. I'm going to look for your help. And of course, that's absolutely true. But here's the thing. God also watches over the very little things in our lives, the minutiae of our lives, the, the cleaning of the bathroom, the changing of the nappies, the falling asleep at night, the brushing of your teeth. The Lord is looking over all of those moments. And isn't that an amazing encouragement? Isn't that an amazing thing to think it's not just the big things, it's the little things too. And then... Uh, as we look at verses 5 and 6, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And the Israelites were traveling along these roads. And, and actually, it was probably a lot of time in scorching heat. You know, it was arduous. It was exhausting. I mean, we, we don't really get a feel for it at the moment, the weather the way it is. But you know, you know what it's like when it's really, really hot. Um, actually, uh, you know, what they're celebrating here is the Lord is your shade. That actually what shade does, doesn't it? It brings respite, it brings refreshment, it brings, uh, it brings relief on a hot day. And for us, when the pressure is on, when the circumstances around us are pressing in, actually one thing the Lord does is bring refreshment to us. He brings restoration to us. He brings that spiritual refreshment. And we're going to take a little chance today to pray for those who, who need to know his refreshment. But this is a bit funny, this mention of the moon. Why is there a mention of a moon? Is it just kind of poetry? Is it just sound neat to talk about the sun and the moon? Surely the moon is harmless. Surely the moon is not something that's going to kind of harm us at all. Well, in, in this culture, in this kind of Far Eastern culture, the, the moon and moonlight was kind of often associated with evil and with kind of bad things happening. You know, the, the, word, the word lunatics comes from the word luna, which is the Latin word for moon. You know, there's this kind of belief that the moon can harm you. This kind of superstition around the moon, which might seem a little bit irrational to us. might seem a little bit strange. But I, I think there's a really powerful message here. Because not only does, does, does God 
you know, watch over the kind of physical, actual threats of, of the sun and all that, that is, is going on. But actually, he, he also watches over our fears and our worries too. The kind of slightly more irrational and slightly more kind of like sort of perceived uh, things that, that go on in our minds. Both of those things, the, the actual things and the kind of imagined things and the things that are kind of going on in here, they're, they're things that he watches over and he cares about. There's nothing beyond his protection, his love and his care. You know, for me, I'll give you a bit of an example from my life. You know, I, I just, um, there, there are times in my life, where actually, I just, I just suddenly get really, really fearful about a sudden illness. You know what I mean? About having a heart attack or about having a stroke or something like that. And every time I kind of hear about that, that happens to someone around me. Actually, it kind of triggers something in me, and there's a bit of a fear that kind of comes in that moment. Now, to be honest, there's no real rational, logical reason why I have that fear. You know, I'm not particularly at risk. Um, you know, I'm reasonably healthy. You know, I've got, not got a like, long history in my family of those kind of things happening. But there's something of a fear that gets triggered there. But you know what? God cares about that silly, irrational fear that I, I have. And actually, I can turn to him for help in that. And then we come to the last two verses of the psalm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He'll watch over your coming and going, both now and evermore. I wonder, you know, that, that phrase, watching over your coming and going, it's, it speaks of God watching over the hustle and bustle, the busyness of our lives. It, I think it speaks of him watching over the transitions in our lives too, the new seasons of life, the, perhaps the new phase of having a bit of an empty nest at home. You know, perhaps our, our kids sort of growing up and going through different phases, maybe a move to a new school or a new job. Over retirement, you know, over perhaps the loss of a loved one, that actually he is watching over those comings and those goings, the, the, the challenges of those transition, trans- transitions. But I don't know, um, if you're like me, then you bump a little bit on verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all harm. And um, how, do, how do we square that with our reality? How do we square that phrase with our reality? I'm pretty sure that a lot of us can identify times when we feel like, yeah, we, we've known physical protection from God. We, we felt like there's a narrow escape. or We felt like God has, has saved us from something in a miraculous way. Um, but I, I think probably we can all think of times in our lives when, or actually we think, actually people have suffered harm. You know, there's some awful tragedy that's happened. You know, we're left kind of thinking, God, where were you in that? Where, where is the Lord keeping us from all harm? And I imagine that, that Jesus' disciples kind of felt something similar. Um, Jesus, uh, you know, he said, he said this, and it feels like quite a confusing thing to say. You know, they'll seize you and persecute you. They'll hand you over. Uh, you'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. They will put some of you to death but not a hair on your head will perish. And you're thinking, how is it possible to be put to death and not a hair on your head perish? Jesus, what on earth do you mean? And I think it really helps us as we consider Paul's quite famous words in Romans chapter 8. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I'm convinced that neither death nor life Angels or demons, present or the future, nor any powers or height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And here's the truth, that we can have a confidence that we will be protected from all ultimate harm. 
And what do we mean by that? Well, Eugene Peterson says this really helpfully. He says, the promise of this psalm is not that we shall never stub our toes, but that no injury, no illness, no accident, no distress will have evil power over us. That is, we'll be able to separate us from God's purposes in our lives. You know, it's not always easy for us to think about it like this. But actually, the truth is that, that suffering is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Suffering is not the worst thing that ha- can happen to us. You know, our, our bodies, our relationships, our experiences, our, our feelings, actually, they might seem really vulnerable at times. But our real selves, our real lives, what, what Jesus calls uh, the soul, our, our, the real us, that's a life that lasts forever and, and is always safe from harm. And they might have not have known it at the time. But as these people were wandering along this road and they were singing these words, actually they were singing this kind of prophetic uh, words about the victory of Jesus on the cross. That, he, that actually there would be this, this winning of eternal security and salvation, a guaranteeing that there would be no separate separation from God, no ultimate harm that would come to them. And so for us, uh, Psalm 121 can be such an amazing anthem for our lives. One, two, for us together, as we look upon the challenges of our lives, to know that the Lord looks over us, that we are ultimately safe in his arms. But also as a church, that we are those that, that sing these songs of hope and of the power and authority of God together in our lives. No matter what you're facing, whether actually the, the, your journey at the moment in life is kind of is going really well, or actually whether it's just a real challenge. And I just want to invite you to stand with me now. And as I invite the band back up and perhaps I invite Deborah to come up too and we're just going to take a chance to pray and you know it might be for you this morning that 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 what you really need this morning is something of that 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 shade at your right hand something of that spiritual refreshment something of of knowing um knowing that refreshing from the God who watches over us it might be today that you need God to speak into your your fears and your anxieties at the moment in life and I just want to encourage you to 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 receive and to, to listen to God now so just as we pray we say to you God come Holy Spirit come and make your presence felt among us thank you that you are where our help comes from and we reach out to you today And I want to pray for those here today who feel, actually, they just feel scorched. They feel weary. They feel exhausted. They they feel kind of pressed upon and pressured. I want to pray this morning for a sense of your refreshment that comes like a, a shady place on a really hot day. I want to pray for those that are feeling a pressure in their minds and their anxieties. Their fears are kind of overtaking them. They're running riot in their lives. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would come knowing that you are a a God who watches over the sun and the moon. The actual challenges we face and some of the perceived challenges we face, some of the things that are beneath the surface. say, Lord, you are where our help comes from.